Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'm Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and Fan Rag Sports, joined by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting, also with Fan Rag Sports. We are your host here on a Monday. Happy Monday, everyone. Hopefully uh, you have not a dreadful week ahead of you. And if, and if so, at least you have the Draft Dudes Podcast to get you started with this week. Uh, Kyle is here with us, but Kyle is on the road. And uh, so if he sounds a little different, it's because he's recording, uh, calling in today. So, Kyle, uh, thanks for including us, even though you had a busy day and you're uh, you're on the move. Well, you know, uh, grinders got to grind. So I got the mobile office all up and running and uh, got you guys set up on the Bluetooth. <laughs> I'm uh, on uh, 422 westbound in central Pennsylvania right now. Going to go visit an old friend from uh, all the way back in my high school days. So uh, we're going to rub elbows, go have some all-you-can-eat sushi tonight. It's going to be a good time. So just going to eat a bunch of dead fish? Yeah, dead uncooked fish, correct. Yeah, man. You do you, Cal. You do you, man. So we've got um, – we're going to get into some, some conference preview type stuff here. Um, like we mentioned on the Friday show, is really kind of go conference by conference here over the next couple of weeks as we close out the summer and head towards actual new football games. And my goodness, Kyle, I, we've been watching the same football games for over a year now between all of our work for last year's class, all of the preseason work for this year's class, and I am hungry 
for some new action, and it's coming soon. Yeah, it's, um, I can only handle as good of a game as it was, like the national championship game. Uh, I can only watch it like 25 times before I get tired of watching it. And I'm pretty sure I've eclipsed that number. Oh, it for, feels like at least. For sure. Uh, you know, those, those two rosters just loaded, you know, out the nose with talent. Uh, Ohio State Clemson, uh, Ohio State Michigan, uh, you know, all those games, those big heavyweight classes with these powerhouse schools, uh, I must have watched 20 times. So, especially in the ACC, which is what we're going to talk about today with the uh, Atlantic uh, Coast Conference, they have a ton of draft eligibles. This is going to be, this might be from top to bottom, the most talented conference in the country. Yeah, they're certainly rivaling the SEC in that conversation. And it's interesting because when you look at what the ACC's done, is they've really mirrored what the SEC done has done to, to make them such a successful conference, particularly by building uh, through their offensive and defensive line. So you have some really big athletic dudes that can move people and you plug in the pieces around them and you're starting to see, uh, you know, the, the, the ACC mirror of a lot of what made the SEC so successful for so long. And, and now a team like Clemson and Florida State who, you know, are going to be in the playoff conversation heading into the season and likely uh, one of those at the end of the season uh, where we have just teams loaded with talent. Yeah, I mean, you know, just to kind of extrapolate on what you said there about the lines, you look at the top defensive lines in the country, and the, the ACC might have, like, three or four of the top, like, eight. Like, Clemson's defensive line is just ridiculous with uh, Wilkins and Farrell there as guys that are draft eligible for this year. My goodness. Uh, I'm excited to see Wilkins kick in the defensive tack a little bit more regularly. Uh, NC State uh, with Chubb, and you'll have to excuse me, Joe, I am in the mobile office here. What's the name of that other guy, that Justin, athletic? Yeah, Justin freak. Jones, and then there's the other guy who bench, who squats like 700 pounds. I can't remember his name myself. Yeah, and then uh, Miami has a really low-key, their entire front seven ridiculously good. They're, they brought back their entire front seven. Uh, Kendrick Norton, uh, the defensive tackle, is the one that's got my eye. He's a junior, uh, but my goodness, he's, he's big, he's long, he's powerful, he can move. Uh, all guys, all quality prospects, and we didn't even talk about like Boston College with Harold Landry. Uh, this is a really, really great group of defensive line prospects acclimated here and, and collected in the ACC. You know, you mentioned Miami, and uh, if you're listening to this, then you have you have to read or you need to go back and read the uh, debut of the NDT scouting poll, the top 15 teams in college football, and it was an exercise that the entire staff did, and we all submitted our individual top 15s, and then we averaged them together to get the, uh, the composite rankings, and both Kyle and I knew Miami was a good football team. We both had them at 11th on our on our rankings and none of the other staff members even had them ranked so we, me and you might sip a little tea together at the end of the season when uh, Miami finishes as a top 15 program but uh, you know just to kind of expand on what you said there with the defensive lines I mean when you look at this 
this group of pass rushers collectively, particularly edge rushers, you're not going to find a, a better group in the nation. I mean, you're talking about blue-chip prospects like Harold Landry out of Boston College. Uh, you've got a, a, a player like Bradley Chubb out of North Carolina State, Duke Jaya Four out of Wake Forest, Josh Sweat out of Florida State, and then Cleveland Farrell, you mentioned him as well, out of Clemson. And, and these guys, this is a group of guys that all everybody I just said right there could be a top 50 player uh, in, in the NFL draft this coming year. You know, several of those being uh, first-round options. So one of the things I'm most excited about seeing with this ACC as a whole is getting eyes on those pass rushers uh, who look to be a really, really solid group of talented guys that can get after the quarterback. Yeah, um... First of all, I'm offended to find out nobody else on staff had Miami's top 15. Sad, man. Dude, they have Amon Richards, who's not draft eligible this year, was a, a true freshman last year, uh, finished just short of receiving yards. That kid is going to be a star. Like, he is an absolute stud. They have Mark Hurd and another high-quality tight end. Um, you know, he actually split starting duties with David Njoku last year. They've got Mark Walton in the backfield. They've got most of their offensive linebackers. They're returning their entire front seven, which includes just beasts for linebackers. They're all fast and big and physical. Uh, no, those guys were all true freshmen last year. They're all back with a, a year of starting experience under their belt. Uh, that There is a lot to like with Miami. And Mark Richt is there, his second year with the program. You have to think there's going to be a quarterback there that can – They'll give them above-average quarterback play. And if they get that in the ACC, whew, man, that, that's going to be a very yeah. successful team. So that surprised me. Um, but even just to kind of put the bow on, on defensive linemen uh, so we don't beat the dead horse too hard here, uh, I really like Derek Noddy. You know, Derek Noddy from Florida State uh, is not a three technique in the, the way that his penetration plays. He doesn't have a lot of reactive quickness laterally, but he's impressive in that you can play him in an A-gap and ask him to eat double teams, and he does that tremendously well because he's so low in squat. He's listed at 6'1", 312. But if you get him into a gap and challenge him to get hip-to-hip with offensive linemen, he can do that. And if the back is in the immediate vicinity and either gap to either side of him, he can challenge those plays. So he has a little bit more flash to him than what I was anticipating as a quote-unquote one technique or nose tackle. So, uh, you know, you mentioned Sweat at Florida State. Scotty uh, is the other one there as well. Uh, all of those guys are going to have their hands full trying to replace the sack production of Demarcus Walker. Uh, but Sweat's well on his way, and I think Nadi can give you something in that aspect, which is not something before I turned on his deep dive on film I was necessarily anticipating. You know, kind of shifting gears here to the secondary, uh, there's uh, some interesting prospects when you look at this group. Um, You talk about the cornerbacks in the ACC, you got a guy like Tavares McFadden out of Florida State, who I think has the potential to be a top of the first round type of talent. I mean, eight interceptions last year in his first extended duties. Big, long, athletic guy. You know, really checks a lot of those those boxes in terms of traits and ball skills that you can look for at a cornerback. And then there's a guy out of Louisville by the name of Jair Alexander who 
Uh, I haven't done a deep dive on his tape, but there are people that say that he's another potential top half of the first-round guy. You look at the safeties, Derwin James out of Florida State. I'm sure everyone listening to the show has heard of Derwin James. He was injured last year uh, and missed quite a bit of time, but he's back and healthy, and he's, uh, you know, he's a guy that uh, looks like he could be a blue chipper at the top of the draft. And I know that you were pretty impressed with Quinn Blanding, the Virginia safety. So we've got uh, an interesting mix of, of defensive backs uh, which we know is uh, a growing trend with the NFL and using you know top seventy-five picks on guys that can cover and uh, and uh, and play play pass coverage in this passing league. Yeah, Blanding is going to underwhelm some people if you're looking for a big time like stud athlete on the back end. He doesn't have great range or burst or explosiveness, but he just gets it between the ears, and I think he's got enough that no, you're not going to play him in cover zero as a you know, single high guy and ask him to cover you know, numbers to numbers on the field and cover that much ground in the deeper areas. But if you play a lot of cover three or cover two and you're, you're only tasking him with half or a third of the field, uh, he can give you quality reps on the back end. I feel really good about that. Uh, he's a, a pretty safe tackler. He's big size for a safety. Um you know, you mentioned Derwin James, 6'3", 211, I think he's listed at. So that's a big boy, and, and he moves really well for his size there, too. Uh, Joe, you know who did have uh, Jair Alexander actually tabbed last year? Me you, and Roger Di- me, you, and Roger Dixon did scouting notes for uh, – we each did three games a week last year for weeks one through ten. And Roger did notes on a Louisville game, and Mark Jair Alexander put a star next to him last October. So half tip to you, Roger, for being able to sniff that out because that you are absolutely right. That is a hot name right now. A lot of people really like what they see from him on film. Uh, I, like you, have not done the, the comprehensive dive yet to, to really get more than a sampling, but uh, ball skills are there. Yeah, and MJ Stewart out of North Carolina, he's a guy that when I was – uh, at Chapel Hill for their pro day last year. And I asked people around the, uh, around the organization, who's the guy that I need to pay attention to for 2017. And they all said MJ Stewart and they kind of lit up. And then Jonah tolls, one of our national scouts at NET scouting did a fabulous piece here over the last few weeks, previewing him and talking about him as a really high quality nickel option at the next level. And he's another defensive back that uh, everyone needs to get familiar with MJ Stewart out of North Carolina. Yeah. So Joe, one, quick interesting nugget and this is something that that really helps add some context to these defensive backs before we move on to another position group is you know you mentioned mj stewart as a potential nickel guy and jair alexander's listed uh sub six foot versus tavares mcfadden who's a six two six three so you know each one of these guys is probably going to appeal to different teams for different reasons and that was something I thought we saw a lot of last year in the draft. Uh, a lot of cover three guys, guys that, that can play a deep third. They have length so they can come back into the catch point versus your turn and run true lockdown guys. And if it turns out that people feel comfortable with Jair Alexander playing a lot of man-to-man coverage, that could be a big boost for him versus somebody like McFadden who is – stereotypically more of your true cover three play off or play up on the line of 
scrimmage and disrupt early on. So uh, just different skill sets where different players are different physical attributes that I think it's going to be interesting to see how that progresses throughout the season. You know, kind of looking on the offensive side of the ball with this conference and looking particularly at the wide receivers, I think there's two names here that really jump out at you. The first one being a guy that I recently profiled, uh, Auden Tate, Florida State wide receiver, big dude, 6'5", big catch point guy, knows how to uh, position that frame and high point the football. And, you know, he had... Plenty of flashes last year, but he was kind of lost in the mix of a deep wide receiver group there with Whitfield and Rudolph and uh, some guys that uh, were were older than him. And now he's the guy there. You know, when you think about him coming back with uh, Teandre Francois, who I'll let you talk about here in a minute, the quarterback there, uh, I think that could be a really lethal combination uh, this coming season and something that could really push Auden Tate into the top tier of receivers in this class. The other major pass catcher uh, from the receiving position here in the, in the conference is Clemson wide receiver Dion Gain. And, uh, you know, he's another guy where a lot of guys left, right? The Mike Williams is no longer there, or Tavis Scott, Jordan Leggett. Uh, and now he's going to be the focal point of that, that passing game. And he averaged almost 20 yards a catch last year. He was really – dominant in, in vertical routes was really on the same page in terms of timing uh, with Deshaun Watson on a lot of those nine routes and obviously a lot of the coverage was drawn to Williams and Leggett and uh, you know he really feasted on that uh, on just getting deep and so you know this year you're looking at Kane and thinking about maybe seeing a more of an expanded route tree where he's going to have to win more on all three levels, which will be important because he needs to show that ability you know to be more of a coveted prospect but uh both those guys are pretty solid. You know, Kane, Kane with his with his ball skills is pretty good. He tracks it well. Uh, so looking for both of those guys to t- kind of take a step forward. And, and when you look at the at the uh, the receivers in this conference, I think that's where the conversation starts. Yeah, it starts and almost finishes there because you go through some of the other schools, uh, North Carolina, for example. I mean, goodness gracious, imagine trying to replace Mac Collins, Bug Howard, and Ryan Switzer. Like, I, I don't know that number off the top of my head, but that's like probably 80% of their targets last year yeah. between those three guys, and that, that's gone. Louisville's another team. Uh, Joe, Lamar Jackson is one of only three returning starters on the Louisville offense, and the other two are offensive linemen. Oh, wow. So, wow. I mean, they're, they're, the talent has been flushed, and that's the, the blessing and the curse to having such good talent across the board is at some point you got to pay the piper, and these guys run out of, out of eligibility and they go to the next level. And then you got uh, some other teams that have players like I had mentioned already, uh, Ahmad Richards from Miami, super, super, super talented. He's gonna, he might be, in my opinion, he might be the best receiver in the conference right now. But he's only a true sophomore, so he's not eligible for this year. So that's something we have to put on the back burner. So uh, audit tape, you know, you mentioned it, big body. Huge upside. Can he put it all together? And Deion Kane, can he sustain the explosiveness of his play with a higher workload volume? Or can he showcase a more uh, complimentary and full route tree uh, in 2017? Now, Kyle, I wanted you to set the floor here, for, you know, set the stage, excuse me, for these quarterbacks in this conference. And, uh, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's two big ones, and then maybe we'll see about Max Brown 
But uh, looking at Lamar Jackson and DeAndre Francois, a couple guys that I know you took a little bit deeper look so far than I have. What uh, what do the people need to know about these guys entering the season? They're fun. Um, <laughs> I love I love Francois. That dude is tough as nails. If he had an extra 20, 25 pounds on his frame, you'd be oh easily forgiven for mistaking him for Cam Newton. Like his style of play is similar in that he's athletic, but he's tough as hell in the pocket, and he takes some huge hits. But he also flashes NFL timing, NFL placement, and NFL concepts on top of that. So that's why I feel like Francois is a very good quarterback prospect as a redshirt sophomore this year. Um, so I just hope Florida State can keep the poor kid upright because their, their offensive line – has not been good for a while, and um, a lot of familiar faces there. So Francois has to navigate through some spotty pass protection, but I love his ability to stick in the pocket and throw in the pocket, use his legs to extend plays, and then obviously Lamar Jackson talking about extending plays. Uh, one of the most dynamic dual-threat quarterbacks in the country, obviously, is evidenced by winning the Heisman Trophy last year. Uh, Jackson... His deep ball's good if it's in between the hashes. As soon as he tries to take deeper throws outside the numbers, he loses all his trajectory, all his placement, all his touch. So that's the big thing that I want to see from Jackson. Um, with that said, I did, did think that he missed some reads last year. I think he was a little quick to tuck and move. Uh, some more patience in the pocket would lend itself very well to him. Uh, but he has an NFL arm. So you're going to hear people already talking about how he's got to get ready to move the wide receiver or running back or blah, 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 whatever. I think his best bet's at quarterback. I think you just need to, A, make sure you feel comfortable with him progressing in some ways that I thought he did a nice job progressing as a from a, a freshman to a sophomore last year. Uh, if you go back and watch his 15 stuff, really raw around the edges. In 2016, he's at least showing the ability to throw into holes against zone coverage, throw with anticipation. Uh, he's got to work on the throwing mechanics. He can get a little complacent with it at times. But I like Jackson. Jackson should get a look at the next level as a quarterback because he's got a gifted arm, and he's got great gifts as a passer. Uh, the other name in the ACC, you mentioned Max Brown, but I hear a lot of people, and I haven't done his film work, so I can't say specifically what my true opinions are. I hear a lot of people talk about the NC State quarterback, Finley. He's a junior. Uh, I remember watching NC State last year a couple of times and marking, oh, that's a nice throw, a nice read. So, Joe, that's the name I'm going to be putting a star next to, Ryan Finley, uh, the NC State quarterback. will be interesting to see if he's the real deal or not when I get a chance to look at him a little more closely. Yeah, so that's nice to hear another name because this uh, cupboard was pretty barren when we're talking about quarterbacks outside of Jackson and, and Francois. Obviously, Max Brown, the USC transfer, is hoping for a Nathan Peterman, Nathan Peterman-like resurgence at Pittsburgh. We'll see if that happens. So uh, Finley from North Carolina State, everybody. There you go. If he's good, Kyle Krabs told you first. Um, kind of looking at the rest of this offense here in the ACC, uh, when you talk about the offensive line, uh, it's it's not that great. Uh, I think you got a couple of kids from Clemson that are intriguing, and Mitch Hyatt, the left tackle over there, he's been a starter ever since he's been a freshman there. Uh, so he's experienced. He looks the part. He moves pretty well. And then the right guard over there, Tyrone Crowder, 
who has a lot of power, uh, but he doesn't have the movement skills. So he's going to be more of a niche player for a team that's looking for, you know, that uh, that that power type scheme. Outside of that, the offensive line, outside of a couple kids from Miami, looks like it could be pretty light this year from the ACC. Yeah, and you know the big, the one of the names for Miami that gets pointed to is Nick Linder, who's the brother of uh, the Jacksonville center who just got the fattest contract for an NFL center in NFL history. And Linder, for me, uh, leaves a little bit on the table as far as he's got okay movement skills, but he's not overly quick to get across guys' face. Um, And that movement skills comes at the expense of having some functional strength uh, he can get pushed around unless he's kind of combo blocking and being a help blocker. So not really sure where I feel most comfortable with him as far as what scheme to peg him in. Uh, an interesting name talking about offensive linemen here in the ACC is um, uh, Brian O'Neill. I believe he's a right tackle for Pittsburgh. Uh, watching him, uh, O'Neill got some pumps from Pro Football Focus for having one of the top pass block efficiencies in the country last year. Uh, O'Neal wasn't a player that necessarily stood out to me in one way or the other. I thought he was, you know, he's an okay college player, but uh, I know there are people out there that are a fan of him. So that's another name that, you know, is on my list. I haven't had a chance to get around to taking the microscope to him. Uh, but I know the folks over at Pro Football Focus had very kind things to say about his work in pass protection last year. Kyle, any takes on any tight ends and running backs in the ACC? Uh, I think it's pretty light, but if there's anybody that stands out to you, the floor is yours, sir. Yeah, uh, Cam Akers, Florida State, let's uh, let's look for him in three years, <laughs> uh, um, which I think says quite a bit. I like Mark Walton and Mark Herndon, two guys that I did mention already for Miami. Uh, their, their supporting cast is excellent over there in Miami. Uh, Walton took the job from Joe Yerby, who declared early as a result of that. Uh, that did not work out the way he had hoped. Uh, Yerby did not get drafted. So Walton uh, kind of became Rick's guy last year. And he's a, he's a good, balanced-style runner. He can churn out some yards, but he's not Noah Bell Cow. He's got some nice speed, but he's not a jitterbug. Uh, does a little bit of everything, and he does it pretty good. Uh, doesn't have you know a, a single trait I think to hang his hat on, uh, but he's a tough kid. Runs hard, uh, has some wiggle, make guys miss, and then Herndon, uh, big body. He's kind of like the the profile for Joku. He's not that athletic, I think, but your hands. Uh, He's a little bit better working as an inline guy, I think, than, than what Njoku was for Miami last year. He's just not as dynamic in the open field, but he's an athletic guy, and he makes some nice catches and, and turns up the field. He's a big body in space. He knows how to use that to his advantage. So uh, saw a lot of Miami you know, this summer, and, and I really, really like that team. You know, I don't think that they're necessarily ready to challenge Florida State, who provided the offensive line is you know, halfway decent. I think they're my favorite for the ACC this year. Uh, obviously, Clemson's got the questions at quarterback with replacing Deshaun Watson. Uh, Louisville's got Lamar Jackson and friends on offense this year. So, so uh, very competitive. Uh, 
I, I like their skill guys, but in terms of other running backs and, and tight ends in the, in the conference, um, a lot of question marks, a lot of guys we don't know a whole lot about. So um, it'll be interesting to see if any names kind of bubble up throughout the season. Guys take advantage of an opportunity to play and, and play well. Uh, but right now, if you're asking the ACC running backs for 2018 NFL draft, go. Turned it in Walton, and that's about it. Yeah. Well, there'll be players to emerge. That's what's always fun is is having an idea of who the players are and then seeing the guys who take that step forward. And I'm sure in a talented conference like the ACC, there will be plenty of them to mix in with the already outstanding talent and some of the intriguing middle-round type players uh, that will be. This was a fun show, Kyle. We'll be back again doing it on Wednesday. Yeah, we'll be doing uh, another conference, Joe. I think we uh, we got to rock, paper, scissors, find out who's up for, for the conference and, and do that. But before we sign off, I have a question for you, Joe, putting you on the spot. Oh, man, okay. Yeah, stealing a page out of your playbook. Uh, like Mr. Coach Klein from The Waterboy. Uh, I actually watched The Waterboy last night. Uh, when's the last time you watched Waterboy? Oh, I must have been in high school. <laughs> I, I, it's, it's been probably 10 years since I watched that movie. I had no idea how low budget that film was. Well, yeah, when it's, Sandler gets it going and all of a sudden has superhuman strength when he, when he uh, tackles? Well, yeah, that and then just like some of the sets. Like... Um, Mama's Mama's house in yeah. Bayou. Um, it, it literally looks like it's like filmed in a basement. So, uh, great great movie though. So anyway, my question for you, Joe, is I kind of teased who my favorite is in the ACC. I'm curious, do you have any other contenders or anybody else that you think can legitimately win the ACC? Who's your pick to win the ACC this year? Oh, my my pick to win the ACC is Florida State and. Okay. I, I was pretty close to putting them as the number one team in the nation over Alabama. Um, but when I thought about that offensive line, it gave me all the reason I needed to uh, to go Bama over Florida State. So I guess I'd be pretty surprised if this uh, div- this conference didn't belong to Florida State. And, uh, you know, obviously they have to beat go out and beat Miami. Uh, or excuse me, beat uh, – but they do have to beat Miami, but also – uh, Clemson is always a big, big matchup for them, and uh, you know they open with Alabama, which is big. You know, between Alabama and Florida State, someone's going to have one loss after the first week of the season. Florida to close out the season, so they've got some tough games. But I think uh, I expect Florida State to come out on top of the ACC this year. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm surprised to hear Florida State was your number two in the the NDT poll. Yeah, um, surprising. I I had USC as my two. Yes, and Alabama, USC, Florida State were my top three. Um, yeah, you. I mean, those. I had um, Alabama, Florida State, USC, Ohio State were my top four. Okay, no respect for the reigning Big Ten champion, Nittany Lions. I see. Uh, they weren't. They weren't far behind. I think they were fifth, actually. So. Yeah, I, I had them top six as well. So. Okay, so look at that. Uh, maybe, maybe, we'll touch, maybe we'll touch on the Big Ten. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a nice segue for Wednesday. Do the Big Ten next next show. Okay. Who knows? Scientists don't even know. Um, <laughs> but what I do know 
is that is going to wrap it for us today here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I'd like to thank all of you very much for, for dealing with my uh, traveling office today. It's very nice that you guys still tuned in, still put up with it through the end. Uh, uh, if you enjoyed the show, you look forward to hearing about the rest of the Power 5 conferences, then please uh, hit that subscribe button. You know, follow along uh, on iTunes, whatever avenue you choose to listen to the podcast through. We would love to have you guys. We'd love to have reviews. Let us know what you think. You can reach us on social media. I am at NDT Scouting on Twitter. Joe is at the Joe Marino. And swing over to NDTScouting.com. We have a ton of great content. We have individual team uh, prospect primers going up on the site right now. And I'm kind of heading that project. Uh, I'm still trying to finish some of my uh, uh, player assessments, film assessments for the, the preseason. Uh, Joe and John Ledyard in the same boat. They, they were finishing up these guys here in the month of August before the kickoff later in the month. Uh, so a ton of great stuff for you guys to check out. Highly recommend you go and take a look. If you do, I'd like to thank you. I invite you to come back. I'm Kyle Crabb signing off for Joe Marino. This is the Draft Dudes Podcast. We will talk to you on Wednesday. What does your morning sound like? Uh, goodbye, baby. She's finally asleep. <laughs> Welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? Mmm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better with a delicious breakfast from McDonald's. Mix and match two of your favorites for just $4. The sausage McMuffin with egg and the sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Reach the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 720 to 729, select styles only. Right now, join T-Mobile and get an unlimited family plan with Netflix included so you can watch in more places than ever before on your phone, tablet, or TV. Plus, buy one Samsung Galaxy S9 and get one free with 24 monthly bill credits so you and your family can binge your Netflix favorites on your new phones. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE or visit a store today. Unlimited data on their network. Video streams at 480p. Small fraction of customers using over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speeds. If you cancel balances due, well-qualified customers, full price, 720 plus tax. Finance agreements required. Netflix for two screens. Terms apply. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 